Hello and welcome to this edition of the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Tom. Tonight I'm joined by Mr. Ever-Present, Kieran Thibault. How are you, Kieran? <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, part of the furniture, I think you are. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and our newest recruit, Oscar. How are you doing, mate? Not bad at all. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay, mate. Uh, just uh, looking forward to getting into tonight. Tonight, we're uh, unfortunately, we have to start with um, the loss to Arsenal at the weekend, which arguably was probably Fulham's worst performance of the season. Uh, there were obviously a lot of mitigating circumstances for that. Um, the lack of Palinia, Willian, for one. But uh, Kieran, I'll start with you. How, how, how did you see uh, the game on Sunday? It, it really wasn't great, was it? Um quite a bleak performance from Fulham I'd say um, we didn't really offer much um, and whilst we did turn it around in the second half in terms of not only mitigating the amount of goals we were we were conceding um, we did have a few more chances and we were we were we did pick up the tempo a little bit however we just we did fall short and failed to score to get that much needed goal and obviously could not turn things around which one year three nil down looked pretty pretty difficult in the first place to be honest but um, I think the first half really did the damage. Um, we did. We we were pretty toothless in front of going forward, and I, I think obviously we can. There's a definitely a Polinia sized hole in that team without him there, and I think that was particularly evident when, especially against Arsenal, who are who are a champion winning a champion a championship like not championship. So you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> can't get my word out. They're, they're they're a team worthy of winning. Champions the, elect will go. Yeah, with. champions elect. They're a team worthy of winning the champion. The champions. Oh, you get what I mean. <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> team worthy of winning the Premier League. Um, and I think we just fell short without Polina. Um, and I think the players maybe could have done a bit more in that first half. I think Silva did give him a good talking to at halftime, hence the the pickup of the tempo. But I think overall, it was a pretty. A pretty slow day at the office, unfortunately. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. I think um, I think Arsenal blew us away in the first first fifteen twenty minutes. To be honest, I think some of their passing was was just incredible. Um, and yeah, they they do look like champions elect. Um, Oscar, have you got anything to to add on on the the game of the well, weekend, mate? Yeah. So I think I don't think it was like. It was, and particularly from some players um, like Robinson who looked I thought he looked quite good this season but I think that was not his um, shall we say it was not his best game I think actually Mitro looked better than he has last you know few matches there was definitely an improvement there I don't think it was our, yeah I don't think it was our worst performance I think I think people are also sort of it's hard because we're looking at you know as we said the, the, the champions of the Premier League elect so when you're looking at them versus us, the gap is obviously huge. But in terms of just looking at how we played, I feel like it was it was an improvement from, let's say, how we played against Brentford. Because I felt we controlled the game a bit more here. Even, even though um, we lost, you know, obviously we conceded three goals, we actually controlled some of the game. And I don't really... I don't really remember them getting too many clear-cut chances apart from those three they got, which they scored, which I think is partly, you know, partly the reason why they are first, because they are so clinical in front of goal. Um, I think it was probably it was probably a mistake, in my opinion, 
but we don't know why. But of course, the Pictosin. I I personally I wouldn't have done that. I thought Diop has sort of proven himself as a one of our starting centre backs because he's been very reliable and he's been an excellent centre back this season. I don't. I thought Sasha did. Sasha did. I thought fairly well. You know, it's it's hard to adapt to this league. I've I've said that before. I said that before, you know, it's hard to adapt to this league and I think it's important we give him time. But I think every game we've seen him, he's looked better and better. Uh, he was he was nice and he was good tackling, which I saw quite a few times, which I thought was pretty good because even though he can't fill Polina's role, it, he gives us some, some sort of depth in that area. And I think it's important that we remember that that is, he was filling Polina's position. But that's not that's not what his preferred position is. He's more of like a CM. He's a bit more attacking than Polina and a bit more attacking than let's say Reed is, Harrison Reed. So I think that's important. I think attacking what we missed was William, and I think that was obvious, you know. I actually it's quite funny, I actually predicted this in the last podcast. Obviously for completely different reasons, but I did say William might just not feature. So that I think that's um that's quite a funny coincidence. Maybe uh, slightly prophetic there. But um <laughs> But um, <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think to be honest it was a super important game despite the loss and despite how bitter we feel. You know this is Arsenal. I've said that in the I said this again in the last podcast. We don't need to beat these people. Even to go into you know Europe, even Conference League or even Europa League, we don't need to beat. Obviously we might not do it this season, but next season we still don't need to beat these people. And you know people saying oh you know it's over now you know. Even if we don't qualify for Europe this season, so what? We were relegation favourites to start with. Look how far we've come. I think it's really important we actually to reflect how far Marcus Silva has taken us. I absolutely yeah, no, agree I, with I, that. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, I think uh, I think the word you're looking for is perspective, Oscar. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people have seen how well we've done this season, and um, I think I touched on it as well in the last podcast. I think the respect is there from a lot of teams now, and um, I think a lot of teams don't see us as a, as a pushover. So I think a lot of games are going to become harder between now and the end of the season. So I think we just need to kind of ride this wave and see where it takes us rather than expecting it to take us somewhere. Um, yeah, so that, you know, that that rolls me on to my, to my next question, really, my next point, which is looking at the bench on Sunday, there was no real game changes. There was a lack of depth, I felt, in certain areas that, if we are to progress next season, that lack of depth needs to needs to be uh, dealt with and, and addressed um, in the in the summer. Oscar, I'll start with you on that one. Do you did you think there was a lack of depth in, in the in the squad on Sunday? Uh, definitely, to be honest, I don't. Uh, if you look at other sort of established Premier League teams, you know you have obviously your favourites starting eleven, but you've got competitors. You've got people who can compete for a position and possibly, you know, take a position from someone else. We know at Fulham what we've got is backups. We, you know, the starting eleven it never changes ever, unless someone's injured. So rarely, you know, so Solomon only with reason that was a change because he got injured, you know, injured before the season started. So we don't have competitors for positions really. We just have backups, and I think that's something we've really missed. Not because. Not because necessarily the starting eleven started to perform, but the firstly they're tired because they never rotated because we can't rotate them because 
you know, are we really going to be starting people like um, Dan James and Harry Wilson against, you know, these teams like Newcastle and Brentford that, that uh, for 90 minutes, it's just not going to work. It's never going to work. So I think that's something we really need to boost because I think our starting eleven doesn't really need to change too much looking at the summer. But I think what we really, really need is competitors for that starting eleven, and um, and more depth generally because that's what's really important. Looking at that bench, you know, we had a number of youth players, which, you know, all credit to the youth players. It's, it's, it's nothing to do with them. You know, I think Harris maybe should be given a chance on the bench a bit more regularly. But the others, like, we should actually have proper professional footballers on the bench. You know, we are top half right now, anyway. Premier team, we, we should have a more developed squad than this if we want to, you know, continue getting these results. Uh, I agree with you. I think um, we saw it on Sunday. There was, I think, there was two goalkeepers on the, on our bench, which, yeah, you know, was was slightly alarming. Mm. Kieran, have you got anything to add on the, the depth of the squad? Uh, obviously, I think at this level, what we're playing at depth is really crucial to how how a team performs. Because if you look at the likes of other, as Oscar said, other established Premier League teams, they almost have two teams within them. Um, obviously, the first team picked primarily based on form. And and on how well they're performing, which we can obviously see from the, our last performances with the lineup not changing. Um, of course, we've had we've been a bit unlucky with with injuries as well. Of course, Kearney he should be back soon, which will really boost us um, in terms of options on the bench. Because as we've seen previously, he's he's come on, he's slowed the game down, and he's he's made made chances and he's he's brought the game back for Fulham, which I think as as you said previously as well, Tom, we've lacked, um, especially in the second half. Of course, Mitrovic has had has struggled with an ankle injury or a foot injury. Uh, of course, he's slowly but surely coming back, and hopefully, once he gets a goal behind his belt, he'll be back on back firing the goals back in again um, because of his confidence. Um, but of course, Solomon as well as another injury that we, we've had. Obviously, he's now overcome it. But I think our depth in general, of course, we've got various players out. We've we've had we, we've made some good signings um, though. Obviously, the bench is still looking pretty sparse. It's, it is good to see other um, other academy graduates coming and getting getting chances. But I think at this level, going forward, we do need the depth because obviously having a second team is is ideal because then you can allow for injuries, you can allow for anything really. Um, um, it's yeah, it, it's a pretty mad analogy to think about it. But if you're going to be playing FIFA career mode, you always want to have two teams. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure our younger listeners can. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can agree with you that there. as well. Yeah, I, exactly, I do not exactly. play FIFA career mode. I'm, a, do not, I'm, I'm more of a football mode. manager man myself. Yeah, football manager. That's it. Really? Um, really? Yeah. I mean, to be well, fair, that's, that's, there for, is... that's for another podcast. We'll talk about it another time. Um, yeah, so that that kind of leads me into my, my next point, which is something that we've touched on in, in recent podcasts, which is, are we running out of steam? We've got players like Andreas Pereira, who's played half of Brazilian season and then come and played the entirety of a Premier League season. And it kind of ties in with the lack of depth. There isn't really, obviously, Lukic is coming now. And I think as a 10, Lukic would be fantastic. So I think the plan would be long-term to rotate the two of them when Kearney's back, maybe. But the question, I guess, is there isn't anyone there to come in and do the job that these players are doing. Obviously, Cedric's come in a right-back and, well, we saw against Brentford, he didn't have the greatest 10-minute cameo, did he? Let's face it. So, the 
obviously Oscar's touched on it there, saying that the, the eleven picks itself, and I think that that's testament to the eleven that you know they they've proven themselves to Marco Silva as the first team eleven. But are are those eleven players now beginning to just run out of a bit of steam? Uh, Kieran, I'll start I'll start with you on that one, mate. Oh, in terms of, can you repeat that? Sorry, just missed that last bit. Just, just in terms of the, you know, the starting eleven, you know, the, as I always say, that you know, the, the the normal, the usual suspects. Yeah. Are are they running out of steam? That that starting eleven, are they beginning to just, you know, drop off a little bit, knowing that the job is done? Mm, We're safe. Yeah, it's an interesting debate. This, to be fair, because of course you could say yes, they are running out of steam. They've they've given all their effort. Um, there's run out of ideas. There's no way. There's nothing more they can do apart from continuing using the same system. Um, but at the same time, you have to you have to realize that does our, is our bench going to allow for uh, allow to pick up the pace again and like for players who have run out of steam to to be replaced. But I also think it is less to do with the tiredness and because of course throughout all the games, I think our players do put all their effort into it. We maybe did didn't see it as much in the first half against Arsenal. Um, but for the majority of all of our games, our players are putting all the effort they physically can. Um, it could also be down to um, various other factors, such as um, I've completely forgotten what I was about to say there. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I was about to say something, and I completely forgot what I was about to say. I've lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, it, it could be down to it could be down to like as you as we previously said, lack of depth. Um, it's an interesting debate, to be fair, because you can't. Yeah, because it's a difficult one, really. Oscar, what, what would you what would you say? I would say it's quite an interesting question. So I think one of the reasons that we've been having this debate is because teams are starting to take us more seriously because they see this war as a threat. But I think it's I think it's true to say we're running out of steam, but not because of the players. It's not the players' fault. And I would never, ever blame them for that because they've put their heart and soul and you can see it on the pitch into this game and into the season. So I think it is just because we can't rotate. You know, we keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. And we bought this side and this side was built to fight off promotion, not to try and achieve Europe this season. And I think we're sort of starting to sort of stumble across that limit. And it's not a bad thing because it, it shows us where we need to work on next season. Yeah, I agree with you both, to be honest. I think there are a lot of uh, points in there that, you know, to, to be made, like the lack of depth, um, the la- you know, obviously not being able to rotate. Also, like you say, you know, this team was built to stave off relegation and, you know, they've peaked way earlier than anyone would have expected them to. Um, they've been chucked together from bits and bobs, you know, like Palina's come in, Pereira's come in, players that people didn't really know a lot about. And now the season's gone on. Other teams have began to respect Fulham a bit more and understand their players a bit more. So yeah. I think there are a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it than just running out of steam. That's why I wanted to ask the question to see if mm. I just it's not as cut and dry as that. That's all right. You, you, can, you can go ahead and yeah, say it. Um, it. It could also be down to something uh, something along the lines of the, the other teams have kind of now learned our methods and now we're playing them for the second time. They may now know what we're going to do. We're a bit more predictable, considering the lineups can, like more or less quite similar. Therefore, it's less. It could be less about running out of steam and more about 
being pre- being predictable for the other teams, which again links into the other teams showing more respect towards us now that we're in, we seem to be becoming an established Premier League side. Touch wood. I do just have something to um add real really quickly. Sorry. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I'm just looking at um uh, this graph that tracks Fulham's Fulham's point progress as when compared to other seasons. It's done by Cottage Analytica on Twitter. Don't know if I'm allowed to shout out, but yeah. Yeah, um, no, shout oh, out. They, they do yeah. a fantastic job. Yeah, they, yeah, are, they, they do. are brilliant. Yeah. And we are five games ahead of where we were on 39 points when compared to uh what was this? It, it compared to I think this was our previous best season. So I think it was 0809. Yeah, 0809. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, 08-09. That's that's right, that's right. So you know, even though we're running out of scene, I'm looking at the line going upwards, and it doesn't look much worse from where we were before. You know, we we there are a couple of times when we just haven't moved for like three games or two games, for example. So you know, even though we might say we're running out of steam because performances aren't looking at good points wise, it's not really slowing down that much, and it's still currently on track to be our best season yet. Just on that as well. Yeah, sorry, sorry to butt in again, Tom. Um, hey, of course. We need to remember that teams around us do have games in hand. And of course, Brentford and Brighton are currently playing as we're recording this. Both are inevitably winning, um, which means, of course, we are going to be dipping down the table slightly. Of course, still above Chelsea because they're still miles behind. Um, <laughs> but we will be dipping down the table, which we need to realise is not a bad thing. Oh, we're, we're slowly declining. We're slowly going back to our old methods. It's not. It's because the teams around us are finally catching up with us. So it means when they're finally level, we can put the we can put the foot back on the gas and then give them a real good fight for the running as well. Um, yeah, I course, think, Oh, sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I think you're, you're right there as well, because if you look at the fixtures of the teams coming up, um, I think we have probably one of the better on on paper one of the better run-ins. We we've only got to play I think three of the top six, as they say. Obviously Liverpool, I'm included in that. But um, the rest of the games we've got to play are against teams below us in the league. So you know there there is an opportunity there to really kick on. But also I agree with what you're saying is that for some unknown reason this season we've played three games more than quite a lot of teams. It's just a bit bit of an odd one. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. We need to we need to see what happens when those teams have played their their games and see where we are then. I mean, I'd be more than happy to finish. I think at the moment, if if it stayed it was as it is, we'd be ninth. Yeah. Anyone who'd yeah. given me that at the beginning of the season, I, I'd have laughed at you. So, seventeenth, please. That's all I care about. So <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. And I think again, that comes back to perspective. We all need to just take a step back and go. All right, you know. We've done a fantastic job this season. Let's not worry about anything else. Did you have anything else to add, lads? No, no, I didn't. Sorry, you no, cut out a little bit there, but, um, Yeah, sorry. Continue. <laughs> no worries. No worries. That's fine. Uh, yeah, so um, when I'm hosting anyway, I, I want to try and add something new in. And uh, it's basically a segment called, I'm, I'm going to call it a week in the news of Fulham. Uh, come out this week. and I just want to get it out there for people that don't, don't know about it. Obviously, the vultures are beginning to circle around Palinia. People have finally started to open their eyes and realise that this guy's the best number six, arguably, in Europe. So, you know, I just wanted to know what you boys thought about the interest in him. Obviously, we've seen Dan, uh, our very own Dan, write an article this morning and, uh, and come out and, and say that we're not entertaining any offers for him. Um, so that would be fantastic. 
uh, and really show uh, exactly what Fulham want to do, which is progress rather than regress, which has happened in the past. So, so lads, uh, on on Palinio, obviously I've heard Kieran wax lyrical about him many times, but so I'll start with Oscar. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what do you make of the interest in Palinio? Where do you see it going? Uh, I I think right now it's probably mostly speculation because I still don't I still I th- I think clubs are looking at him because you know he's a amazing player but I don't I don't think the interest is quite as much some people some news outlets <coughs> are making it out to be um but I I personally don't think we should sell him I know right what what a new view but um. It's not just because he's amazing and he's a great player and all of that stuff, but it's because, firstly, right, realistically, we don't really need that money. Like, the club isn't poor. We're not strapped with cash. And the second thing is, even if we get that cash and we spend it all on new players, right, we're never going to be able to attract... Well, it's unlikely, I should say. We should, we'll never be able to attract someone of his calibre to put again. So, you know, if we... You know, for every one Polina, you get 10 Dan Jameses, which is no slight on Dan James, but, you know, they're clearly different levels. But I think it's important that we understand that we're lucky to have him. And it's not even, it's not all about the money and the value he brings, but it's the value he brings, not just value in like money terms, but it's value he brings to the club because we can't match that quality by trying to bring in someone else. It's important that we actually understand how lucky we are. Uh, I agree with you there, mate, to be honest. It's, he's, a, he's a one in a million player and I think we should all really be, you know, very happy that he's currently very happy himself at Fulham uh, we see it on his Instagram he's constantly posting pictures with Fulham badges Fulham bags his little lad in, in, in a Fulham what, baby onesie you know so he clearly loves it at the club Kieran have you got anything to add on, on Paulinho? Not really uh, he's ours no. stay away <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty much it yeah pretty much um, another uh, another thing that uh, is obviously worrying Fulham fans at the moment is uh, Marco Silva's contract and uh, a certain club in London seemed to have him on their shortlist to uh, to take over in the in the summer. Um, obviously, there's many different news outlets saying different things. Some saying he's on the list. Some saying he's top of the list. Some saying that he's not top of the list. So, you know, my personal opinion on it is that I think there are other managers that will go to that club before Marco Silva. I also think that. For him personally, he should stick around for for another couple of years at least um, to try and do something special with this Fulham club, Fulham team, because I, I do believe that there, there is something special brewing if we can keep it all together. Um, so, so, Kieran, where do you stand on Marco's contract and, and the news this week? Again, it's difficult to to tell, to kind of work out what you can and can't believe, really, because the media can be quite misleading, but... From my perspective, Marco Silva has a higher chance of winning a trophy at Fulham than he does going to Spurs. So therefore, <laughs> I don't think he should be going or trying to pack his bags anytime soon. Um, he certainly said in press conferences and interviews that he is happy at Fulham. Um, and whether he signs a new contract um, like in the immediate future or whether he waits until the end of the season to do it, um, of course, that will determine itself, really. Um, but I, I can't see him going to Spurs of all clubs in London. Okay, full, fair enough. Full, full, full offence to all the Spurs fans listening. <laughs> fair enough. Oscar, you got anything to add on, on Marco's contract situation? 
not much. I, I completely agree with what you said. I don't I don't think it's a matter of him not wanting to sign a new contract, though, just for people who think that. I just think he wants... I think he's also said this. He wants to focus on the season first. And he has said numerous times for Mrs. Holmes. So I think we'll have to trust him on that and hope when the end of the season comes, we get him for, like, a permanent... Just, like, give him a blank contract and let him write how many years he wants and how much money. Yeah, well, we've, we've seen today, obviously, the news that apparently he's going to be given quite a large sum of money to spend in the summer, which we've discussed on, on many podcasts previously. The, the financial fair play will be easing this summer and the Khans will actually finally be able to flex their financial muscle. Um, being an established Premier League team already and not having worries of relegation, there, there has been a lot of talk of potential incomings already at Fulham. In the summer, we've seen Andre Pense linked. And obviously, we made a bid for him in January, which, due to financial fair play, didn't didn't come off. Um, very highly rated youngster, very very good player, central midfielder. Another one that will will add that depth that we we desperately need in that area. But this week, we've seen um, Alex Grimaldo, uh, Benfica left back. Um, very, very good left-back as well. Very good attacking left-back. Very good delivery. Champions League quality. Again, Portuguese club, Marco Link. Maybe something we could we could look into there. Um, he's free in the summer as well. Uh, Kieran, what, what do you, have you seen anything of Grimaldo? And do you think he'd be a good addition to the squad? I think he'd be a, a really good addition to the squad. Of course, I, ha- I haven't read up on him much. And I haven't seen, I've seen him, obviously, in highlights of Benfica matches. He looks pretty decent. Um, of course, he's got a pretty high ranking on the old football games as well. So I think he'd be a pretty good addition to Marco Silva's squad. And of course, the Portuguese origins of our club, which is now becoming evident, seem to seem to attract all sorts of Portuguese players, which is, is brilliant to see. Um, and I think he could really help, really give Robinson some competition at that left back, especially with his... No, I'm not saying Robinson's an inconsistent player, but his performances over of late have been quite inconsistent in, in some aspects. Um, so it would definitely provide competition for him. And I think he'll be a really, really kind of, it would show intent to get a player of that quality. Um, it would it would show that Fulham do mean business and they are there to stay for a second consecutive season. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Do you, do you think that it would be competition for Robinson or do you think that the club would cash in on Anthony Robinson with the likes of Newcastle and Man City, apparently, looking um, at him? It's, it's interesting, really, because it depends on what Robinson wants, I think, because... If Robinson's happy to be staying and, of course, may have to settle be, to be a second-choice left-back next season, then if if he's happy with that, then he's happy with that. But, of course, he'll want to fight for his position in this team. Um, and it depends if the, if, if the other clubs are going to come in and ask us like, and are willing to pay for him because I can't see him wanting to leave um, considering we, he, he, we've, he's been on a journey with Fulham. He's achieved what we wanted to achieve in terms of staying up. Um, it's it's the same goes for Tosin as well. They, he's been linked with some other clubs, and whether he goes will determine not whether where where he stands um, in terms of being used next season. Um, because if we strengthen our defensive assets, we could see the likes of Tim Ream or Diop featuring on the bench a lot more um, than than Tosin will. Meaning Tosin wouldn't get the opportunity to play. But of course, he's a highly rated player along with Robinson. Um, so I guess time will tell what happens really. Yeah, Oscar, anything to add on that? Not much, to be honest. I, I I agree with everything that's been said. I I think if he does join, is 
in my opinion, he's probably the favourite to start. Maybe not immediately, but he's probably the favourite to start over Robinson because while Robinson is a great player, I think Ronaldo is probably a step up. You know, his Champions League quality has, has already been mentioned. I do think that's probably a step up. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you there. I do, I do think a bit, bit like Lukic and, and Reed's situation. I think once Lukic gets his feet under the table, he'll he'll be a starter, in my opinion. Um, so so moving on, obviously we've got a just a small matter of the trip up to Manchester on Sunday um, for an FA Cup quarter final, which yeah, is an un- unheard of in recent times as a Fulham fan. Uh, I remember getting knocked out by Oldham a couple of years ago. I was there. Yeah, back. Moment of silence. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right onto that one. So uh, yeah, boys, what what were we thinking about about the quarterfinal? Obviously, the news Casemiro isn't going to be involved. Surely, is is very good news for Fulham. Um, Kieran, how, how do you see it? How do you see it on Sunday? Uh, I mean, of course, will be it will be interesting to see what happens. Of course, because FA Cup game, you're thinking changes. You're thinking it's going to be a tough game. You're against one of the toughest in the league. And in the competition still, um, but you've got to beat these teams in order to to really win stuff. Of course, we're going into it on on as the underdogs. If we come out winners, there would be a huge upset in terms on paper. Of course, the media will go mental, um, considering the cream over um, Man United twenty four seven. But I think we'll go into the game like we always do. We'll approach it with hopefully high intensity right from the minute go. Of course, them not having Casemiro is a huge, huge boost for us because especially having Polina back as well, it's kind of a it's kind of a switching dynamic. They they got a ban on their uh, CDM now. We've not got a ban on our CDM, so I think we'll it will kind of swing in our direction in terms of having a bit more luck there. Um, of course, they've still got a team full of talent. They've got real depth of course they're they're missing alexander garnacho as well um which it could be a loss as well because he's 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 a top he's a top talent which is is coming up from the ranks um but we mustn't we mustn't take it for granted that old oh, casemiro is there we're going to win because of course they've got many other ways that can punish us but we need to make sure that we we remain we we really do give them a good game because we don't want to be like we were at arsenal be out of sight by half time um, because we really want to give the the full and faithful that are traveling up there something to cheer about, whether it's one or two goals in a three two loss. Yeah, no, I agree, Oscar. Anything to add on on the preview? Do you, how do you see Sunday's uh, quarter final going, mate? Uh, I think it'll be a tough game, no matter what happens. I don't, you know, as I've said, with the, because it's it's funny as I've been here, this has probably been the toughest run of fixtures we've had. In, Maybe this season, you know, these last sort of three games, Brentford, Arsenal, down that new. But um, as I said before, we shouldn't be going there expecting a win. We shouldn't be going there expecting a good game from the lads. And I think I think we'll get that, as I've said before. I, I do have faith in them for that. Um, it would be lovely to win, and it would, you know, of course, we are the underdogs in this situation. But if we go with a full squad, you know, with, with the strongest lineup we can put out there, we stand. I wouldn't say we stand a very good chance, but I'd say we stand a chance of winning. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think for Fulham fans and and for the, for the players alike after Arsenal last week, I think what we need to do is go and make a good account of ourselves and you know give Man United a really tough fixture. We saw in the last round up at Old Trafford, West Ham, if they'd have taken their chances, they'd have gone through. So uh, I don't think that it's. A foregone conclusion at all. I'm not basing that just off the Casemiro and Garnacho injury, uh, injury and suspension. 
I do think that on on our day we can match them, and uh, hopefully Mitrovic will be firing and fire us to a semi final. Lads, I just wanted to ask you, um, what would it mean to you personally if if we did reach the semi final on Wembley? Would you would you try and get a ticket? Would you go? Who wouldn't? I I would do anything. I mean, to get to go to Wembley, it's, it's certainly been a long time coming. Um, the last time we were there, we beat Brentford in the playoff final. So I think to go to Wembley and watch Fulham play in a semi-final of a major cup competition would be huge um, and would really show how far we've come and what Marco Silva has done to this team. Um, so it would be a sentimental. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think because it's a semi-final, I know I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, dole down the fact that it's a semi-final, but it's still Wembley, right? We can bring back the white wall. We can, we can really, you know, Go there in numbers, and uh, if, if we beat Manu, yeah, no, I'm great. I'm agreeing. I'm just saying this, like, if what I'm asking, what it would mean to reach it, yeah, you know, to be because obviously the last time, like Kieran said, it was during COVID and no fans were allowed at Wembley. I was lucky to be there when we beat Villa, and it was probably one of the best days of my life. So, yeah, you know, to to have the white wall back at Wembley would be fantastic, and to have it so soon as well because you know the last time Fulham were at Wembley in an FA Cup final was you know way back in the 70s so you know I think you know for us as younger younger fans it's it's we've 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 done pretty well in terms of Wembley in, the, in recent years so Oscar um, what would your lineup be I know you've touched on it earlier saying that we've got the usual 11 but what would it be for Sunday um I would say a pretty similar squad apart of course with Polina in the only thing I'd say is depending on how Pereira is I'd say maybe not because of quality but because I'd like to keep Pereira rested and fit as possible I mean for the league I would say maybe put Lukic in and see how well he does in that role because I think this is probably quite a good test game for him because you know as much as we'd all like to see an amazing cup run for me anyway the uh, league is definitely the priority and there'll be no shame in losing to Manu whether Pereira is on or off the field. So I think seeing how Lukic does there will be quite will be quite a good game to see that. So I think maybe put him there, maybe maybe for just for the first half, just for the second half. But I think he should get at least a decent chunk of time to see how he does there because I think that's probably a better role for him rather than what he was trying to do last few games, which was cover Pereira. So I think uh, other than that. Know. Yeah, other than that, obviously, you've got Willian and then I'd probably have Solomon as well or maybe Dexter Reed, depending on the sort of if we want to go more attacking, in which case we'd have Solomon, then if we want to go more defensive, in which case I'd have Dexter Reed, Mitrovic, and I would put Diop back in instead of Tosin because, in my opinion, he's more reliable. Uh, other than that, I wouldn't change, obviously, left back or right back. You know, same people. Leno, obviously, go. And Mitrovic, okay. of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Kieran, anything different in, in your lineup? Not really. I'd go with Leno in over Rodak because we're now at the stage where we need to be a bit more competitive. Um, I'd go Cedric over Tete because it's a cup game. Diop and, T- and Reem, obviously, Polina and Reem, chuck them back in. Willian, if he's fit, Solomon, Deckard over Reem, Pereira, and Mitrovic up top will go as, as full strength as physically possible, really. Interesting. You go with Cedric over Tete. That's yeah, I, a cup game, yeah. That's the I, I do. Call. Sorry, I, I did want to comment about that actually because I understand why, but I'm not. I'm not very confident in Cedric's 
ability to stand up to someone like Man United, you know, even though it's a cup game, if if Tete, I'm I'm obviously not in that dressing room, but if Tete can't, Tete can't handle it, then in my opinion, he thinks he can handle it, then in my opinion, maybe he should be playing that game. And well, I mean, I yeah, I mean, Tete's probably whoever plays a right back is probably going to be up against Marcus Rashford coming off the left wing, right? So yeah. For me, it's got to be got to be Tete. So I'd go yeah. with our strongest eleven. It'd be Leno, Tete, Robinson, Diop, Ream, Palinia, Reed. I would play Pereira just because I think he's going to have the bit between his teeth against Man United. He'll want to really try and get one over on them. Um, and then I'd probably go with um, Willian if he's fit, or Solomon uh, and Dekel Dover, Reed and Mitrovic. So yeah, probably you know the strongest we can go. Um, so, lads, uh, just to, to close out, what, Kieran, can I get your prediction? I know prediction. it's a tough one, but... I'm going for a, a 2-1 two, two victory to Fulham. Oh, extra time or just straight 90? Straight, straight 90. Yeah, well, brave boy. And Oscar? I'm going to refrain from making a prediction because every time I've made one, it's gone horribly wrong. You have to. It's yeah. part of the show. I have to. I have to. I'm, yeah. I'm... Contractually obliged. Man. Yeah, all right. That, that's my week's salary gone then, I guess. Um, <laughs> mm, I would, uh, my optimistic side would tell me 1-0 Fulham extra time. My realistic side says 1-0 Manu. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no worries. No worries. That's fine. I'm going to say it'll be 1 0 after 90, and Fulham will nick it in extra time. So 2 1 after extra time. Nail biting stuff. Right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank uh, you. Anything else to add? No. 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 Well, let's hope the travelling fans up to Manchester make a lot of noise and uh, come on, you whites. <laughs>